Welcome to our online church. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching us live right now, I want to encourage you right now to share a few of these. Uh, share this stream right now with two or three people around you and your friends across the country or wherever they live at. And uh, let's do that. Right now, we've got people watching from literally from everywhere. And I'm super pumped by that. Like California, New Mexico, literally Florida, um, just all over the place. And I'm super happy. But the most of the nucleus is right here between Minnesota and Wisconsin. So we're reaching our region. All right, and we're reaching our region. <clears throat> Before I start, I got something really important to say. On the first day of our marriage retreat, the instructors talked about the importance of knowing what matters to each other. For example, he began pointing to my husband, David, do you know your wife's favorite flower? And David answered, all purpose. <laughs> oh, please, I hope you got that. <laughs> I hope you got that. <laughs> My husband cooks for me like I'm a god by placing burnt offerings before me every night. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining me with that. Okay, last one. Shortly before our 25th wedding anniversary, my husband sent 25 long-stemmed yellow roses to me at my office. Everyone say, oh, uh-huh. A few days later, I plucked all the petals and dried them. On the night of our anniversary, I spread the petals all over the bed and lay on top of them, wearing something extremely attractive. As I'd hoped, I got a reaction from my husband. When he saw me, he shouted, are those potato chips? <laughs> I know, it's super lame, I know, it's so bad. Oh my goodness gracious. Last week, we talked about the importance of creating habits in your marriage. How many of you guys believe in this one statement that's on the screen? You don't end up in a great marriage. It takes work, patience, and being submitted to each other. How many of you guys would agree with that? All of us want a great marriage, but you just don't fall into one, right? The moment you got married and the moment that if you are married, okay, so if you're new here this morning, we've been in, we just started a new series called Your Best Us, Okay. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to be talking about uh, covenantal marriage and what that really means and, and all those great, great things according to the word of God and really try to dive deep because all of us want a great marriage, but it doesn't happen on, on accident. Like there are things that you have to do. There are things that we have to say to one another. There are things that we don't do, okay? And there are things that we should not say to one another, all right, in this, and trying to just do the best that we can to have a God-fearing, God-honoring marriage. <clears throat> so today we're going to be talking about having some serious fun, all right? Who wants to have some serious fun today? All right, so the bottom line is this. We're going to start with this here. I'm going to give you my bottom line point, and it's this. The best way to protect your us is to enjoy your us. The best way to protect your us is to enjoy your us. By a show of hands real quick, how many of you guys enjoy your spouse? There should be 100% participation if you're married here. If not, scheduling some marriage counseling appointments this week, okay? You have to enjoy your us. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and this right here, this picture, oh yeah, you saw that right there. This is me and Kristen on the beach <laughs> last week. Don't we? Don't we just look so happy? <laughs> this is us enjoying our us. I'm telling you, man, I hoisted that woman up on my shoulders like a baby lamb. 
just, it was so, so good, so good, so good. And uh, hey, Alex, when the points are there, okay, just press that slide and it'll go, doop, doop, doop. okay, good. I didn't give you that. Sorry, housekeeping. That's what that is. There's a lot of excuses and reasons that keep us away from having fun in our marriages. How many of you guys would agree with that? Let's just face it. I believe the world has lost its ability to have fun and to laugh. I mean, I'm not talking about like, like laughing at a joke or laughing at something funny on TV. I'm just talking about just having joy in our world, <laughs> just having joy in our life. There's too many people that are victims and just waiting to be offended. I mean, we're just waiting to be offended. It's like we pop up from the bed and go, who and what am I going to be offended about today? Right? And anything, no matter what it is, anything sets them off. We've lost the ability to laugh at ourselves, all right? To be okay with looking at our pitfalls and looking at all of our good things. And in this journey of getting better in our marriages, we need to learn to laugh and realize that we just don't have it all together. Yeah? Any couple you meet that said, oh, we, you know, we're good. We got it all together. Look, they're lying to you, Okay. We could be married forever. I've been married with Kristen now, uh, to Kristen, not with Kristen, but to Kristen now for uh, 20, almost 25 years now. And uh, um, I can honestly say that we are still working through things. All right? We like each other. We like to have fun with each other. As you can tell, I hoisted her on my shoulders. We, we like to do those kinds of things. Okay? But the reality is, is that we don't have it all together. Okay, and the moment that we can realize that, the, 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 the faster we're going to learn that we actually need help. Okay? And that it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to not have it all together. And it's definitely okay to laugh at yourself once in a while. Mayo Clinic, I, I looked this up on what laughter does. There's some short-term effects of laughter okay, on what laughter does. They put out a study. And here's some of the short-term uh, short effects of laughter. Number one. It stimulates many organs. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. Okay? There's a short-term effect of laughter. So with each of these points, we're going to fake laugh because that's almost just as good. Your body doesn't know it. Okay? So we're going to do it. Ready? On the count of three, we're going to let just a hearty laugh. Ready? One, two, three. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I love it. Another short-term effect of laughter, you guys ready? Is that it activates and relieves your stress response. A rollicking laugh fires up and then cools down your stress response. And then it can increase and then decrease, decrease your heart rate and blood pressure. The result, a good, relaxing feeling. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Just laugh. It's okay. Fake it, baby. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> Ready? I'm telling you, after each one of these points, I got six of them, so get ready. You're going to be laughing a lot. We're in this for the long haul. Short-term effect of laughter. According to Mayo Clinic, it just soothes tension. 
Laughter can also stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation. <sighs> Both of which can help reduce some of the physical symptoms of stress. You guys ready? Now you got to look at someone, especially if it's your spouse, and go... Come on, come on, dude. Come on, dude. I just want to see this happen. Come on, go. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> uh, say, I was right about that argument last week. Just, just tell your spouse that. Just, I was right. I was right. All right. Okay, so moving on. There's the short-term effects of having joy and having laughter in your house. Okay, long-term effects. Okay, I got four more. Are you guys ready? Long-term effects. You better get used to laughing, okay? We need to loosen up. Come on, somebody. Just loosen up. If your spouse is super uptight, just, you don't want to slap them, okay? But just, 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 just give them a good, you know, I'm going to pray for you kind of like, ugh. Long-term effects on laughter. It improves your immune system. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. Boo negativity. By contrast, positive thoughts can actually release, whew, I'm going to have a tough one with this one, neuropediates, <laughs> stimulation to your brain, that help fight stress and potentially more serious illness. You guys ready? Let's, let's, let's release some of our stress and let's just get healthier. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> okay. Three more. Come on, we can do this. Okay? We can do this. I know you're going, oh, come on, Pastor, just leave me alone. No, 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 no. You're not getting off the hook that much. Okay. All right, here we go. Long-term effects to laughter, it relieves your pain. Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. You got hurt knees this morning? Huh? Who's with me on that one? You got a bum toe? Yeah, okay. You got a little neck stiffness going on? All right. Three, two, one. How much you want to get healed? Laugh it. Come on. Laugh at it. How much, how much you want that release in your body, huh? Woo! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Two more. We can do this. Long-term effects on laughter. Increase personal satisfaction. Laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people. Now we're going to look at somebody that you don't know. Okay? Turn to somebody, maybe behind you, okay, that you may be not always sitting with, and look at them and just go, who, who, who. Okay, whatever, whatever it might be. So, whoo, I don't know why I do this with my hands, but it just seems natural. <laughs> How creepy is that? Uh, what you guys doing to church today? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us all. Okay, okay, last one. Here we go. 
Uh, someone say, thank you, Jesus. This is the last one. Okay, here we go. Long-term effects on laughter improve your mood. Many people experience depression, sometimes due to chronic illnesses. Laughter can help lessen your stress, depression, and anxiety, and make you feel happier. It can also improve your self-esteem. Ready? Now, this is the last one, so it's got to be the loudest laugh ever, okay? The loudest laugh ever. Ready? Actually, let's do this. Why don't we just stand? Come on. Okay, here we go. All right, stretch, stretch that sucker out. Ready? Now, I want you to grab your tum-tums. Everyone's got one of those. Okay, and I want us to just laugh as loud as we can on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. It's so funny, man. You guys can be seated. That is so great. I just love that we get to have fun in church. If you're, if you're from a different denomination, if you're, this is, no one's gonna come around and hit your hand with the ruler, okay? No, if you're just one of these who just kinda just stay to yourself in church because that's how you grew up, listen, you gotta cut loose here, all right? It's okay to laugh. And once again, we can see the Bible is true, and it proves science. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. The word laugh or laughter shows up over 40 plus times in the word of God. The word of God describes joy as a fruit of his spirit. The word joy is in the Bible more than 430 times and is compared to with happiness or being happy. So really the Bible is saying, don't take everything so serious. Why so serious? Have a lifestyle of joy about your life. Have a lifestyle of joy about your life. So in other words, Jesus is serious about joy. Say that with me. Jesus is serious about joy. See, in the construct of your marriage, we have to learn to have fun and have a culture of joy in our homes. If we don't, it will cause for more anxiety in your home. It will cause for more fear in your home. It will cause for more impatience in your home. And it will also cause unrealistic expectations within your marital relationships. But when you have fun as a couple, you walk away saying, we need to do that more. Have you guys ever done that before? Gone on a date before and go, wait, why don't we do this more? Right, we should do this more. We like to have fun with our spouse because it's what we did when we were dating. It's what made our connection so strong. But now there's some barriers to having fun and they come in all shapes and sizes. But regardless of the barriers that keep us away from having fun in our marriages, they keep us away from saying we need to do that more we can make and we need to learn to make having fun a priority and a habit in our homes. See, one thing in a marriage 
is keeping the connection alive and consistent. And when it comes to having fun in marriage, the connection between each other is what matters most, is what matters most. So real quickly, here's some distractions that can kill the connection of fun. Number one, work. Work can kill the connection between having fun with your spouse. And see, work is a killer. But here's the deal. We all need to do it. I'm tired of this workless generation. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Right? We've lost that value of work. But we all need to do it. We all need money. I just asked you for some. Okay? We all need resources. We all need the things that work brings. But if we don't create a habit of fun outside of that work environment, the connection between your us will become frayed and non-existent. And we need to learn that work is there as a resource for us, but it's not our life. It's not who we are, and it's definitely not your identity. Okay? Kids are another distraction. (laughs) Them kids are my, they're so distracting to me. Kids can sometimes be a distraction that kill the connection between you and your spouse in the realm of having fun. Now, some of you might say, I always have fun with my kids, right? And that might be true. But remember, you're married to your spouse first. You're not married to your kids. And that was a difficult thing for Kristen and I to kind of figure out, but we figured it out on our own. Eventually, we got the hang of it because everything we did was centered around our kids. Here's how you know that everything you do is centered around your kids. When you go out on a date with your wife or your spouse, you talk about your kids. Ah, Johnny did this or Johnny did that or whatever, okay? You know that there has been something, kind of your world has shifted a little bit. And I'm not saying kids are important, but what I'm saying is this. If you allow children to get in the middle of your connection between your spouse, one of you is going to feel empty, and that does not create a good environment in your home, especially when it comes to having fun. Let me encourage you with this. Your children will have a healthy environment if you and your spouse learn to do things without them. They will know what it's like. Remember, you train a child in what you say. That's not right, by the way. That's a trick question. You train a child in the way they should go by what you do, not by what you say. And so if you do these things without your children, your children will be, they'll raise up naturally, okay, to know that my spouse matters. And you have to think long-term about this. You gotta play 18 holes, not nine, when it comes to your children. You gotta have the long game in mind, okay? Because what you do right now is gonna matter when they're 23, 25, 28 years old. It's gonna matter, all right? Everything right now, so let me encourage you, if you're a family here today and you have, especially if you have small children, okay, learn to do things without your kids. Go out with your spouse, make it something where you don't talk about kids and just go and date again. Just go date again. It's about learning to detox your kids. Not talk about them all the time. They're not the center of your world. I have two of them, and I can say this confidently. They're really close second, okay? They're really close second. But your spouse should always be 
the one you connect with the most. The last killer of connection is unrealistic expectations. That helps us keep fun out of the homes. Ladies, let me talk to you for a second. If you think we know what you're thinking, you're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. We don't know what you're thinking, I promise you. You can sit there and believe that we should know what you're thinking. You should just know already what I'm thinking already. We don't know what you're thinking. Okay? He should know me by now. He should know me by now. We don't know what you're thinking. Men, we don't have to fix things all the time. I mean, if you got a stove at home that's not fixed, you'd probably like try to fix that. But when your wife or your spouse comes to you and just wants to talk to you, it's okay just to listen and not try to fix the problem. There's a perfect illustration that Robert showed me that I want to show you here today. It's about unrealistic expectations on what this looks like. Go ahead, guys, roll that video. <laughs> oh, and that's like so what it's like in a, in a relationship, isn't it? Like, especially when it comes to, because miscommunication often leads to unrealistic expectation, okay? And when you have unrealistic expectations for one another, then that usually leads to not having fun with one another, because you expect something from the other person that they're not giving to you, okay? And that will lead to us not wanting to be around each other, okay? And it's really, really important that we learn to speak each other's love language when it comes down to, um, to communicating with one another. I'm not gonna tell you all these love languages, but I will say this to you. Each of us has a language, okay, that we speak that we feel most Filled when someone speaks that language to us. And if you are in a marriage relationship, it is my honor and my responsibility to speak my wife's love language. My wife's love language is acts of service and quality time. Those are the two main, two main things that she does. Mine is, is words of affirmation and physical touch. Okay, those two main things. And if we don't speak those things to one another, okay, then we're going to be left empty in our relationships and not have fun with one another. So here's some surefire ways real quick. You can play some music back there, man. Here's some surefire ways to keep fun in your relationship, and then I'm done. Number one, Plan a date night. Plan a date night. Now, a lot of us may institute this already. You already might have one of those things, but let me encourage you with this. You can turn that down just a tad. Let me encourage you with this. Have a date night like you have the Sabbath, okay? I know things come up, and I know, I know things happen, and I know schedules get messed up. I understand that. But if you honor that time with your spouse and you have those things planned out, okay, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a wider avenue for the connection to stay alive with one another, okay? You're going to have a wider avenue for those things for, to, to stay alive. If she's a planner and she's thought out, it's important for us guys to think that way. Show her that you care enough to communicate by planning and bringing her in on the plans. I asked my wife this, what would it feel like if I just planned a vacation without you knowing? And she said, do it and find out. (laughs) No, she really didn't say that. She basically was like, don't ever do that. (laughs) And I just learned to listen to my wife. 
okay? Because when I asked her to marry me, I did not listen to her. I thought I was listening to God. Even though she said to me, don't ask me in front of the youth group. Back then I was a youth pastor. And I went, who do you think you are telling me what to do, right? And we came this close to her saying no to me because I didn't value what she wanted. And so it's really important that if I know that my wife likes a plan, that I should keep her in the know, but also plan equally. It's just as important to be spontaneous. This keeps the fun and the connection alive. Okay? Kristen, she's super spontaneous now. We'll be driving, and she'll go, let's go over here. And I'm like, I don't want to do that now. I just want to go home and not do anything. No, let's go do that. Okay. But Kristen had to learn to be spontaneous. She had to learn with her schedule being a little off. So here's some things that I did while we were dating and while we're married still that I try my best to implement. And I'm just telling you from my own personal life. I'll pick her up from work unannounced and we'll just go for a quick little walk. I'll spontaneously send her her favorite gift, all-purpose flower. (laughs) I know exactly what it is. I'll surprise her with a meal, even though it might be that burnt offering. I'll do something for her without expecting anything in return. These are all the things that I do and that we do with each other, but those are the things we continuously work on. Like I said at the beginning, you don't ever just fall into a good marriage. It takes time and it takes work to have a great marriage. Now, I'll leave Kristen and I out of this last topic, okay? And if you're a young child here today, you might want to close your ears. But married couples should be having sex with one another. Yes? All the husbands are like, amen, brother, preach it. (laughs) Come on, pastor, that's the best point yet. (laughs) Now, this isn't something I'm going to spend a lot of time on right now. However, this is something that I have planned in the future in a sermon series and the teaching I'm going to teach called Moral Revolution. Okay? (laughs) If you're watching online, if you're new here, this is awesome, okay? We don't want any inside jokes for anybody who's new, like, what's going on? That's cool, all right? (laughs) Get out of here, boy. (laughs) So this topic right here, I'm going to dive into a little bit more later on in the year in a message and some teaching that we're going to do along with our classes on Wednesday night called Moral Revolution, talking about the morality and how we can start a revolution in our morality because I don't know about you, our country is facing a moral, it is, it is facing some pretty hard things right now with morality. Now let me say this, sex is God's plan, amen? amen. Sex was created for woman and a man, for pleasure and for procreation. Now I know it's always taboo to talk about sex in church, but if we don't, the world will define 
what sex is and its intention. It's why things are so confusing right now. So this is what your Bible says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Sex is for the confines of marriage, not before marriage, not when you're gonna get married, and not trying to act like you're married right now, but when you make the covenant vow between you and your spouse is when we get to have sex, according to the word of God. And if you're not married, you should not be having sex until you get married. If not, it will cause problems in the future of your marriage, and it will always lead to unmet and unrealistic expectations. Now, in marriage, again, when you're married. Now we're talking to married couples. Sex is good. <laughs> I used to say that with teenagers all the time when I was a youth pastor. I used to say, someone repeat this after me, and they would go, sex, sex. <laughs> Why are we talking about this in church? I'm like, you talk about it in your hallways. I know you do. I would make them shout that out, sex, is good. And then I always wrap it up with, in the confines of marriage. It's something that should happen. It's not something that we live for or strive for, but let me encourage you with something. No one else can have sex with you but your spouse. That's it. Oh, I'm not saying there's not things out there that would want to try, okay? Who would want to capture your attention, but your Bible just said in 1 Thessalonians to flee sexual immorality. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he must flee. It doesn't happen in the resistance. It happens in the submission. These three things, planning a date, planning a date, being spontaneous, and sexual intercourse with your spouse, these three things create connection and keep connection strong and lead to having fun in your marriage. And these three things helps us protect our us by allowing us to enjoy our us. Okay? If we just add these three simple ingredients to our marriage relationship, just even to kickstart, there's a lot that goes into it, but we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but what we do have time is just to say, number one, we have, next week I'm gonna be talking about Jesus, the center of our marriage, okay? Without God, it's gonna be chaos in your home. Without a relationship, Jesus at the center, see, a lot of us want God to revolve around our needs when the reality is, is I should be revolving around him. And our marriages should reflect the kingdom of God to this world that we live in. It's one of the reasons why that our world sometimes is getting crazy out there. It's because the world is looking for truth. They're dying for it. They're searching for it. They're hungry for it. And guess what, church? People of God, if you're a believer here this morning, you and I have that within us to display the kingdom of God within our marriage. But it has to be done when we circle around him. It has to be. And I'll talk a little bit more about that 
next week. But the best way to enjoy your us is to simply create habits of fun. Just create those habits of fun. Everybody enjoy today? I know it's not some message where we're going to bring down fire and, you know, all those kinds of things. But I will say this, that if you want your marriage and your relationship to be on fire, then have some fun with it. Not everything should be so stressful at your house. Not everything should be so just, you know, a lot of times, then I'm done, okay? Now I'm just talking. A lot of times the reason why homes are stressful is because you make it more about yourself than you do the other person. It's why, it's why you get, you get so just focused on you and your needs that you forget about the other person. And let me just encourage you, let me challenge you yet, that if you want a stress-free home, focus on the person that you're living with. See what you can do for them and see what happens. But overall, the Bible says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And we can use that for finances and resources, but I want to bring it to our marriage relationships that it's only Jesus that can supply the needs that you're actually looking for. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you so much. I honor you today. You are so good. So Father, I just pray right now, if there's anybody here, Lord, that doesn't know who you are, has never made a relationship, has never made a connection with you, Jesus. I pray that today would be the day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask this one simple question. If you're here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is personally and you want to have a relationship with him today, you wanna start your journey out with him today. Maybe you have made that connection before and that decision before, but you know lately it just hasn't been really that great. And you want to just come back to him and say, God, I, I want to do this again. If that's you, will you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down if that's you? Let me just see your hands real quick. Thank you so much. I see a hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Because that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, man. Thank you. I see another hand right over here. Anybody else? Said so that's me. Praise God. Can we just celebrate the two that raised their hand this morning? So, Father, you see the hands, and by faith, Lord, they raised them. God, and it says in your word, it's by grace through faith, Lord, we are saved. And so, Jesus, it's your grace, it's your mercy that overcomes anything, God. It's your love that covers a multitude of sins, God, and we will always lead with love, always. And so, Father, I just pray that you would show your mercy, your grace, and your love, Lord, to every single person in this home, in this house right now. God, we just bless you and we honor you. Chris, will you come up here for a second? I don't want you to close this out in prayer. Will you please stand with me as Kristen comes and just closes out today? I do want to encourage you if you are, um, if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to ask our ministry team to come on either side, right over here on these platforms, over here where the prayer banners are at. So come do that right now. Ministry team, step out of your seats right now, okay? And come find a place over here. When she prays and says amen, I want to encourage you if you need prayer for anything, whatever that might be, a relationship, connection, healing in your body, a word, maybe you just need someone to partner with you in prayer, whatever it might be, come find one of our ministry team partners. We wanna pray with you. Go ahead, sweetie. Father, we just thank you that you are in the business of bringing joy. 
And I just pray for everyone um, in this room and in this building, even for our children, that this will be a week of unexplainable joy and love and laughter. God, I just pray that you just give a dose like they've never experienced before, that they might be lying in bed and just start laughing. God, because your joy is the medicine that we're needing and that your laughter will spring up a well within our soul. And I just pray that uh, blessing, um, press down, shaking together, and just flowing over in um, River of Life Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.